0: Hi and welcome to a very special episode of SEPAD Pod, the sectarianism, proxies and desectarianisation podcast based at Lancaster University. I'm Simon Maybon, and today I'm joined by Edward Wosnidge. Uh, I'm here with Eddie to do an end of year review, a snapshot looking back on this uh, very peculiar year 2020 and all that we've done. So following on what we did last year where we, we looked back at everything that had happened in 2019, we thought it'd be quite nice to to do the same thing again. So Eddie, thank you so much for joining me.
1: My pleasure, it's great to be here um, Yes, I'm looking forward to talking through what has been happening this very strange year um, It feels like, is it like one of those end of year review shows that people have on the telly You know, and they talk to all the big events it's Yeah, kind of exactly, sense, yeah Yeah, I don't know if I'm much of a commentator Compared to the luminaries that they have On these kind of programs But uh, I shall give it a good go
0: Well we're going to intersperse this With our panel of experts and comedians So when we uh, (laughs) refer to something (laughs) You you may well hear the voice of I don't know, Bill Bailey uh, (laughs) Alice Fraser Whoever (laughs) the stars of today are (laughs) Yeah but uh, I thought it'd be useful just to, to maybe look back on on what it is that we've been doing. It's been a, a really strange year, but I think mm. we've we've still done quite a bit of stuff. And I'm sure there'll be many things that we've forgotten about over the course of the yeah. years. So, uh, yeah, I thought it might be just a bit of fun and a, and a nice way to wrap up Sepad's 2020. Although, of course, we do have a week of activities coming up this week with... Um, Uh, a SEPAD discusses on Tuesday with Sara Fragonese a conference on the 17th and 18th looking at the 10th anniversary of the Arab Uprisings. and although not technically a SEPAD event but um, an OU event featuring me and you um Do you want to say a bit about that, Eddie, just as a quick plug for this? Sure, yeah, for this? get a
1: quick plug in for it. If uh, if people, I mean, this may well go out after the event, but it will be available online. It's a event series called Transformation and Challenge in the International Order, which is a, a, an event series of three, obviously, online seminars looking at um, various challenges and um, things related to the changing international order. So the first one is going to be on political legitimacy, which is on... Wednesday the 16th at 12.30 UK time featuring your good self um, and a couple of colleagues from the Open University and I'll be chairing that and then we have further ones uh, lined up for January and February on infrastructures and the, and the Belt and Road Initiative and then also on, on um, the notion of a post-US multipolar world order so um, yeah, something for everyone hopefully in, in that series too.
0: Yeah, it sounds really fascinating I really like this idea of a uh... Have a set of comparative discussions about international politics and the international system and order so it's great that that you're putting this on and thank you for the invitation
1: ah pleasure it's good to have you good to have
0: you there so just a quick note about friday uh, thursday and friday we have uh, two wonderful keynote lectures from professors Mehran Kamrava and Salwa Ismail who will be talking about the the events of the past 10 years um not particularly cheery events but um, really important sets of developments pertaining to the, the Middle East more broadly. So do come along to that. Uh, if you can, there'll be videos online. Uh, it does require registration, but I'll put the registration in the show notes. So, Eddie, um, 2020, mm. how did it start for you? Um, I'm I'm looking back on this and I seem to remember flying out to, to Qatar on about the 3rd of January and um, the same day that Qasem Soleimani was, was killed Yes,
1: yeah, um, yeah what a way to start the year that was um, and yeah uh, yeah huge huge tumult potentially coming from that although you know um yeah that's obviously something that has a lot of relevance to, to, to the work that both you and i do um and we have you know produced a little report uh on that the death of a general report which did with the foreign policy center you know bringing in a few different um analyses and voices on that um yeah uh, a really uh Unsettling start to to the year, um, but then things didn't
0: really get a lot better. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> they didn't. The small issue of the pandemic, reared its head, not long yeah. after. So, but the the yeah, thing quite, that I liked about that report, though, Eddie, was that that we we drew on some some really wonderful scholars that are involved in the network, but it also demonstrated the breadth of Soleimani's involvement in regional affairs because yeah. we had we had folks writing on on a range of different aspects, from from Syria to Iraq to um, to broader Saudi-Iranian relations. Mm-hmm. And it, it brought together a number of really interesting people, and I thought it was a really, really important set of observations.
1: Yeah, yeah it, was good. It, was, it was good to be part of that, and uh, yeah, it was very necessary, I think, as well, to get those different opinions and the different views across, rather than, you know, the the, the usual sort of hyperbole that we get in, in a lot of the news media, you know, um, which is, obviously, that's the, the role of the news media a lot of the time, but uh, it was some sobering analysis, which was very necessary.
0: I yeah. Can I just pick up on your Iranian expertise and ask what the the legacy of that has been in Iran? We saw, obviously, the, the millions taken to the streets in protest, but, but where... Where is that sentiment with regard to Soleimani right now? I mean, has it been dramatically affected by the pandemic, or is there still a, a, a real anger about what happened?
1: I I think it it depends who you speak to, as ever, with with, with Iran. But I think that there there is still a a great deal of anger amongst um, uh, people within the Iranian polity, amongst the populace at large. You know, um, there there are some people who wouldn't shed any tears for the loss either, um, both within and beyond Iran. But, um, you know, in terms of the main uh, narrative coming from within the state itself... And and and, and 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 you know the people who are aligned with that, then then yes, there's a great deal of anger still. But you know, you saw the response, which was carefully calibrated, I think, and measured, uh, and, and actually uh, provided an opportunity for Iran to sort of demonstrate some of its uh, offensive capabilities, if you want to go into that kind of um, speak. But um, uh, I think the the, the anger r- remains, the lack of trust remains. Um, you, you know, it, it led does leave a bit of legacy. And it, I think more broadly, uh, you know, we've, we've seen this again in recent weeks with the with the assassination of, of Iran's top nuclear scientist. Yeah. That suddenly, you know, political assassinations are, are sort of the flavour of the day again. And, you know, political assassinations sanctioned by, you know, key Western powers um, is, 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 is is very unfortunate and, and does not, you know, um, fill one with a lot of confidence uh so, yeah, uh, quite a, 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 a sad and, and, and quite depressing marker was laid down with
0: that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, it's interesting to hear you say that. And yeah, it certainly was a depressing and, and worrying start to the year. February got a little bit better, at least at the start of it. And I say that from a CEPAD perspective, because we had a wonderful event at Chatham House. Yes. Which uh, took place uh, at the end of the first week of Feb, and brought together some really interesting folks from across the the Middle East, from UK, Europe, uh, and from the States, and this later turn into a joint POMEP sepad report on sectarianism, Saudi Iranian rivalry and the impact of this intersection on, on regional politics. But what I particularly liked about this, and you'll excuse me for waxing lyrical, I hope, but was the the involvement of yourself and and May Darwish and your contributions, which sought to to push the boundaries a little bit beyond the um, beyond usual discussions about the impact of this rivalry on on regional affairs, on sectarian politics in the Middle East, on conflict in Syria and Yemen, to look at newer arenas of, of, of conflict and competition. And I say newer not necessarily in terms of them being empirically new, but newer areas of scholarship. So just tell us a little bit about about what you were doing with that, Eddie, if you would, please.
1: Sure, just uh, kind of you two, uh, to to mention us there. Um, but uh, yeah, what well, both my contribution and May's did, uh, they, like, like you said, they, they extended the geographical scope, I suppose, in some ways, because May's work um, was looking at how this rivalry is manifested in in the Horn of Africa, and and my own contribution was um, looking at, at the Iran Saudi. Rivalry as it pertains to Central Asia, and that's you know an interesting arena. I mean, you know, I've, I've done a bit of research on Iran's relations with Central Asia uh, quite a bit in the, in the past, and it's always remained an area of interest to mine because I think. It's it's a, an aspect of Iran's foreign policy which which showcases a, a very different side to what we're used to seeing in in terms of Iran's relations with the Middle East. And Iran sees itself as a as a natural bridge between the Middle East and Central Asia, and and, and it that guides a lot of its thinking to, towards um, the, that that region. But it was just an interesting area to look at because it was where you see um, you know weaker states uh, balance you know having to balance relationships between. You know Iran, who has a long-standing interest and long-standing historical and cultural and civilizational links with the region, with you know Saudi economic largesse and, and the ability to fund and um, you know uh, give you know, use its financial muscle, and and so you have a yeah you know, primarily concentrated on Tajikistan as a case study within that um, as a country that's sort of had to sit between between the two, and there was a sort of a rupture in in. Previously very good Iranian Tajik ties, um, which which Saudi Arabia then looked sort to capitalise on and, and and kind of swooped in with with all their financial leverage and 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 investment in Tajikistan as a result of that rupture. Things have stabilised now, but it was just an interesting kind of snapshot and example of how you know opportunism, balancing you know all these sort of uh, things that happen in international affairs and
0: yeah yeah
1: an area I'd like to look more into, but it was just a short snapshot on that case.
0: Well, it's it's fascinating because there you've you've identified some of the the broader tensions that are often flagged up within the the Saudi-Iranian rivalry, this sense of um, ideational capacity and capabilities, uh, resources, if you will, and material Mm. resources. And those two, often identified by the likes of Greg, um, Gores, Basel Salouk, um, May Darwish, of course, and looking at those in in different arenas i think is absolutely fascinating and i i thought that report was was great so a big thanks to to mark lynch and everyone for yes. for coming together and working with us on it
1: yeah it's great to be involved in that and yeah yeah uh, you know, hopefully more collaborations along those lines in the future as well because it's a really good event
0: yeah i think so just on that point, uh, in, in early Feb, before everything everything went a little bit wrong, we had uh, two other things come out. One was a report from a, uh, from a workshop that we held in Lancaster in December that, unfortunately, you couldn't make. But uh, a report on urban spaces and the way in which urban spaces shape sectarian politics. And that came out in, in Feb, which is very exciting. You can get hold of a copy of that on our website, um, that looks at, at the ways in which space um, shapes and is shaped by sectarian difference across across a number of different case studies, both in the Middle East and beyond. We have uh, a contribution on Bosnia, which is fascinating, looking at street art and performance in Bosnia from Julia Carabelli, um, and also on India from Anderson Jeremiah. So that was a really interesting, stimulating debate uh, looking yeah. at sectarianism and space is well worth your time for anyone interested in spatial politics.
1: Yeah, definitely check out the intervention section of the website because there's all of the reports and 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 various bits and pieces on there related to that and that 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 was really important to to do I think as well son, because that's you know a lot of where we we're, we're probably taking things you know there's a little nod to some of the future case studies that we want to do yeah and in terms of urban space absolutely you know we both have a kind of spatial bent I think to our thinking and, and to our work certainly it's going that way and and it was a really nice starting point to start thinking about some of those ideas that we're going to hopefully work on in the
0: future, yeah, I I really enjoyed that. I thought it raised a number of really important questions and and really helped me think about some things in in a different light. Hmm. But um, as well as that, of course, in early twenty twenty one early twenty twenty one I'm I'm looking ahead. I want to get this year <laughs> done with already. In early twenty twenty, uh, the the special issue of the Review of Faith and International Affairs on de came out. Which yes. also featured a number of, of wonderful SEPAD contributors, including yourself, um, a wonderful piece with Samira Nazirzadeh, uh, Morten Valbjorn, Justin Gengler, uh, many others, who wrote really interesting and insightful reflections on this idea of, of desectarianization, what it is, what it means to even talk about desectarianization. I think that's a really timely and, and interesting set of, of interventions on something that's, that's quite a new phenomena, but helps us to understand perhaps what's going on in Iraq and Lebanon in a, a slightly more nuanced way than, than perhaps others have, have put forward
1: definitely definitely it was was really great um, to be part of that i mean it it fed on on from a from a workshop and and some conference panels we'd done in in 2019 hadn't it and yeah um it was great to use those to develop the ideas and and then to be part of um that special issue and and i think you know exactly like you said the desectarianization the the d in cepad is is really really important and again probably again looking forward to, to where we're going with this because it is a new area. It's you know under-theorised, under-explored. We, we, what happens in, in 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 those examples in the papers that we look at are, are some examples of possible ways to think about desectarianization and possible, and also some empirical test cases of that. And uh, I think it does some really good foundational work in in, in, in sort of hopefully laying laying the foundations for for future discussions on that. And, and you know different ideas can be plugged into that as well. So that was a great thing to be involved in
0: for sure. Yeah, it was. I think something that that raises more questions than it answers. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. In my own contribution is titled Four Questions About Desectarianization," and I yeah. think what I try and do in that is is articulate that there are at least four types of questions that need to be asked when you're lo- even looking at desectarianization. Yeah. And yeah. I don't yeah. seek to answer those questions, just to <laughs> demonstrate why they're important questions.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: so right. yeah that was that was really fun really interesting. Um then of course everything goes wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So we've well, got 16 minutes in without really focusing on on everything that went wrong but well, that's not bad, you know, I mean, that shows that,
1: you know, we had a busy start to the year and actually there were some positive things that happened before all this. And, you know, many positive things we managed to still sustain into that period as well, uh, you know, utilising the potentialities and uh, that we have of the online world. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just to think we had events, you know, and in February we were all sat in a room together. You know, having a lovely workshop, um, and you know, having dinner together afterwards, and doing all the things that we, you know, uh, we're very privileged to do as, as academics, and then it all stops.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it all yeah. stops, and everything goes wrong. Yeah. But we we do our best, as you say, to to try and make the best of the situation, and mm-hmm. we do that by by moving everything online, of course, yeah. much like everyone and, and, else.
1: You know. There was a conference that was due yep. uh, in April, um, which obviously ended up becoming a slimmed down online version, uh, and then we just kind of got the conference, online conference bug it seems, because we're about to <laughs> undertake our third one of the year.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, the first one was you know, so. was a streamlined version of, of that, that much larger conference, Yeah. Uh, a huge thank you to everyone who helped us explore what was even possible with, with that. Those, panels are, those panel sessions are on YouTube, the CEPAD uh, YouTube channel, so you can watch those. There's some really interesting sets of discussions there, some really fantastic panels. But uh, the second one, Eddie, was, was something that came together not necessarily out of CEPAD, but um, perhaps in collaboration with CEPAD.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it was just a kind of an idea a discussion. I think on Twitter originally with, yeah. with Chris Phillips and Francesco Belcastro, Jasmine Ghani, yourself, and and others. Uh, and uh, which was just well, we're we're not having this opportunity to meet and you know do the usual kind of conference thing. So let's try and pull something together. And and you know through a series of meetings, um, we we. Found a theme. We put a call out, and you know, before we knew it, we we're having a, a two-day conference or three-day conference. Um, you know, uh, on on questions of multipolarity in, in the Middle East. You know, which was which was fantastic to be part of. Um, and a huge shout out for the CEPAD PhD fellow, fellows who. You know, in the first, well, right the way through, have, have been absolutely fundamental and vital in all yeah, this definitely. and, and helping us get this set up because it wouldn't be possible without them.
0: So no, they've been wonderful. Out. So, um, Olivia Glombitsa, uh, Luisa Cerioli, uh, Iadarifai, um, A.K. Ron, who else are we missing? There's someone I'm saving to last. Uh, Anna Maria Kamarasami and of course, Elias Gazel. Yes. Our tech guru. So the present,
1: yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: So thank you so much, everyone, for that. Uh, we should also mention the, the wonderful team behind the Multipolarity Conference of um, Chris Phillips, Francesco Belcastro Jasmine Ghani, and, um, and you, Eddie. <laughs> So yeah. yeah, that was that was great fun. Um, over the summer, we we set up a new uh, a new thing to try and I guess try and help promote some of the work that that colleagues uh, friends are doing and books that they've published by setting up SEPAD Discussers, which has been a lot of fun to do. Uh, we're approaching our sixth episode, I think, tomorrow. Um, we've had really interesting discussions about new books on sectarianism, Bahrain, um, ontological security, Israeli Gulf relations, an updated version of the battle for Syria, and it's been a really good opportunity to to delve deep into some of the empirical, conceptual, theoretical aspects of of this work. It's been it's been really interesting.
1: Yeah, it's been great, and, and you know, while we all miss the. Obviously, the the face to face interaction and those events that you have, and the, dare I say, networking, although I don't like to think of networking, but you know, all, all of that, just seeing people that you, that you respect and that you like, you know, actually being able to sit, you know, here in my kitchen or in my living room and, and watch some really, you know, great scholars talking about their work. Um, well, I've got a broom in my hand, and uh, you know, it, it, it's great, uh, and you know, it's been a, a horrible time. But there's been some nice chinks of light, and that that's been one of them for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things that I've really benefited from during this time is just the the graciousness and dedication of of people, the generosity. Of, of people's time In the face of so many other different challenges People yeah. willing to give up time to, to come and get involved in a discussion Or to act as a discussant for, for Someone's book, to try and help Each other, to help promote the work that, that They're doing, and it's it's been great We I guess we're very, very lucky To have a wonderful team, but also to have a Wonderful group of people Around the team, if you will
1: Yeah which absolutely, absolutely.
0: Um, yeah,
1: yeah. It's 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 been a, a real kind of uh, positive, and, and uh, yeah, it's kind of kept me going in many ways. You know, having having that having that regular kind of space to to exchange ideas and and, and stuff uh, because you know you do you do miss that. Um, and yeah, yeah so, we do um, It's
0: been great to keep up We really do So we've got another one of those coming on tomorrow um, Sara Froganese talking about her her wonderful book War and the City with Hibabu Akar Who is obviously an expert on this topic of urban planning And space in Beirut So I'm really looking forward to that And I think that'll be a really yeah. good way of wrapping up The Sepad Discussers for, um, for this year But Rest assured, we have some really exciting ideas for next year or um, 2021. Uh, quick shout out we'll be doing something with Adham Sauli on his book on Hezbollah, which I'm very much looking forward to doing. Fantastic! So, yeah, and, and there's, loads, ideas. there's loads
1: more work which we're going to be doing because obviously, one of the big things that happened this year is that Step got extended.
0: <laughs> so oh, yeah, I guess we we're, should we're, mention we're, that we're
1: going to be cracking on, you know. Um, Thanks to Carnegie um, for, for their continued support. So we, we've got you know another two
0: years of you guys listening to us. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. A massive thank you to to Hillary and Nihal for all of your support, your ongoing um, enthusiasm for everything that we're doing. It really does mean a lot. You're perfect funders. Yeah, Wonderful and the to, flexibility to be for
1: allowing us to you know. Chop and change things as and when you know events have, have unfolded. You know they've been really um, gracious and flexible and allowing us to, to repurpose things and 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 change it course and when we needed to. So it's that that's been really good.
0: Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. They've been absolutely wonderful. Yeah. So uh, I guess we should mention the podcasts. We've done forty-one podcasts this year. So all your work, Simon, is well, fantastic. There's a, a lot of wonderful people again who've given up their time. So if you've not gone through and listened to uh, to various people talking about all manner of subjects, there's a lot of material there to uh, get you through those sleepless nights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, some some wonderful stuff there, and yeah, we've got this this exciting conference lined up on Friday. But yeah. there's lots of, uh, Thursday and Friday, sorry, end of year blues, I think, are starting to hit it. Uh,
1: <laughs> well, big year for you as well, Simon. Let's not forget that Sepp has had his first baby, so uh, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> congratulations again well, on the public forum
0: for that. Thank you very much. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were talking about my book there at first, but uh, no, I well, think you were well. actually meaning a, also. a baby, <laughs> yeah, so thank you. Um yeah, I guess we should mention the book series as well, which has had its book first, series. had its first baby, if you will. Um, yeah. Well, tell us about that first baby, then, Simon. So, yeah, I guess um, this this first baby came out in February. It was a pre-COVID baby. Um, Houses built on sand is the first book in our identities and geopolitics series with um, with Manchester University Press, and. We're, we're still looking for, for uh, ideas for people to come forward with, with possible uh, proposals. We're, we're open to all types of ideas pertaining to identity politics, geopolitics, sectarianism in the Middle East. And we've got a number of really exciting things lined up to come out next year. But Absolutely. maybe um, we shouldn't say much more than that. But there's a no, lot of no. really good stuff coming out next year in that series.
1: Yeah. been a bit of a delay,
0: but uh, and for understandable reasons. But yeah, we're we're nearly there
1: with a few, so that's that's going to look healthy next year for sure.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. But if you are interested in in publishing in the series, do get in touch with with either myself, Eddie, or May, and we'd be more than happy to. To, to talk through some of some of those things with you. I we I guess we should say huge well done to, to May as well for her Carnegie Grant. Of course, which is evening. wonderful news. Um, yeah. Looking at some really fascinating stuff pertaining to to Gulf relations with with Africa. So well done, May Darwish. Yeah. Right, Eddie. We're approaching the half hour mark. So, okay, is there anything well, else we Mumbai. need to um, we need to mention? Do you think?
1: Um, I think we've covered a lot of, of what we've done. Um,
0: uh, it's actually yeah, been quite yeah. a busy year, hasn't it?
1: It has, it has. So, well, I think yeah, we we've, we've continued things, you know, as best as we could, and and it's actually been you know productive. And um, yeah, just just thank you to everyone for still continuing to engage with us, and yeah. some really good people in in, in this network. And um, yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's, it's it's a really good thing we've got going on here. So we always you know just want to. Always want to big up and flag up the great work that everyone's doing. And thank you, Simon, for, doing, for providing this platform as well, because, you know, you are very gracious and generous with, with the project. And, you know, you see it as a collaborative endeavour and a platform for many people emerging and established scholars. So it's, it's you know, really good to be part of. So thank you. Well,
0: thank you for all of your efforts, Eddie. And it is a collaborative effort, a collaborative project, and it wouldn't be possible without you. So, a huge thank you to you, and I'll just second your thanks to everyone for for all of your involvement, support, engagement over the past year. Yeah, definitely. So, I guess all that remains to be said is once again, thank you for listening. Uh, Those of you celebrating Christmas, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas break. Those of you not celebrating, I hope you have a good break and are able to recharge batteries, and I guess we will... uh, we will be filling your ears with something sometime soon in uh, early 2021. Excellent. Yes. Well, in which case, thank you for listening. Thank you, Eddie. Merry Christmas. Pleasure. Merry Christmas to you too, Simon. And uh, see you on the other side. Take care. Bye-bye. See ya.